Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Listen to the Sports Sprint here on this Tuesday, September the 8th, 2020. Good to have you all here for our first show of the week. A little bit of a change, as I announced on social media earlier. Um, quite the change. Uh, we it's, it's, it's the first of many changes this week that we weren't planning on, but we're going to have to do them to kind of power through. This week has some unexpected changes to my schedule. Um, so we are on the air tonight in prime time. Now, normally we would be on the air on a Tuesday night in prime time doing the Inside the Ring podcast, but we had already postponed that. Um, so because of that, you know, kind of left us open anyway. So it's kind of an easy thing to do this move, um, have a show, a regular old sports sprint tonight uh, to kind of replace the show we would have done tomorrow. Um, we will not have, as I said earlier on social media, uh, we will not have a show tomorrow morning. Um, there are other changes and I'll get to all those later on in the show. There's a lot to announce. We have some big announcements, some big stuff coming up. Um, and we're going to be announcing some things tonight. We're going to be announcing some things over the course of the next day on social media. So you want to stay tuned for that. There's a lot that's going to be coming out. It's going to be kind of overwhelming, but it's going to be all good. And I think people could be very, very, very happy. Uh, especially people that have been following me for a few years um, on our old podcast. I think you'll be very excited about what's coming up. Um it's going to be a lot, but it's it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, so we have a lot to get to. Um, so as always, let me start off by reminding you all of the ways in which you can interact and contribute to the show and have your voice heard. You can do so by emailing us at thesportssprint at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at thesportssprint and find us on Facebook. Just search for the Sports Sprint on Facebook and make sure that you like our page, you can follow us and be able to keep up what's going on with the show at all times and interact with us and all that cool, fun stuff you're going to want to do because so much is going on. Um, all right, with that being said, um, we have a lot to get to. Now, folks, if you're expecting football tonight, you're not going to get any. Why? Because we're going to be doing a lot of football the rest of this week, okay? 
Um, we have NBA playoffs. We have some big developments in the NBA tonight. Not just in the, in the playoffs, but um, evolving around a, a, a personnel uh, decision with the Thunder, um, who have fought, who have mutually agreed to part ways with Billy Donovan. Um, so we already have a, a coach that um, I, mean, I already know Brett Brown's out, but Billy Donovan's a little bit of a surprise. Um, we'll talk about that here tonight. That is a, a pretty big, one of the cool things about doing a show in prime time, sometimes these things happen, you get a lot to, to talk about, and we were fortunate enough tonight to have a lot to talk about. We would have had for tomorrow morning too, but we get to do it first before anybody else, so it's kind of, at least as far as like shows that come on tomorrow go, we get to do it before anybody else, so that's kind of cool. Um, but we'll talk about what's going on with the Thunder and, and why them and Billy Donovan decided to part ways. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what's going on in the NBA playoffs. Some big developments tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks have been eliminated. Um, not really a surprise in light of the way they've been playing and given that Giannis did not play tonight. We'll talk about what happened there. Where they go from here. Um, the Raptors are in trouble. We'll talk about them. The Rockets and the Nuggets are proven to not be pushovers. And we'll update you on where the, the, what's going on with the Rockets tonight. Um, but they have proven to not be pushovers, and it does make you wonder what could potentially happen. Um, what could potentially happen in these playoffs? You know, we all thought it was a foregone conclusion, Lakers-Clippers. And you look at teams like the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat. Now look, with the East, you're going to have two of those teams very much very much alive. But on the Western side of things, is there a, is there a possibility? Is there a possibility? That we could use, lose either the Lakers, Clippers, or both. Food for thought. Food for thought. Um, so we'll talk about all that. What's going on in the playoffs? Update you on NHL. I didn't put that in the show description. Billy Diamond stuff, which I also didn't put in the show, show description because that happened a little, um, a little too late in the night tonight. But we'll we'll talk about that as well. So a lot of NBA. We'll also talk baseball. And, you know, we talked about this last week. Everybody's like, oh, you're just a Yankee fan. You just got to get it out. I'm talking about this for a reason because in a year where 16 teams are going to make the playoffs, 16 teams, so eight teams out of each league, there is a growing possibility that the New York Yankees will not be one of those 16 teams. That, now, again, this ain't just coming from somebody that loves the team. This is this is a major story. You know, when you think 16 teams, you expect all the teams that you thought were going to be competitive to make it easily. Easily. And the Yankees are one of those teams. And they are you know, facing a very real possibility of falling out of the playoffs. There's 18 games to go. Eighteen games to go, and they're only a half game up for that last playoff spot. You can't make this up. So we're going to talk about that here on the show tonight because it's going to be something. It's going to become the story of September. Because if you're looking at the playoff races right now across MLB. At least in the AL, generally you know everybody but that eight seed. They're all pretty much locked in at this point, I think. Okay, 
So it's the eight seed, and National League side, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. It's really the eight seed, but it's a little bit closer, so you can see some crazy things happening. But we're going to talk about this. is This is a, a developing big story because, it, I mean, for a team that had World Series aspirations and started out 16-6, and six, it, you have to talk about this. This is a, main, a major story. So we'll talk about that and, and what's, where things are going with the baseball playoffs here as we enter, you know, the after Labor Day period where, again, most teams are down to their final 20 or so games. This is the stretch run. So we'll talk about all that, but we will start, like I said, with the NBA. And we'll start with the Bucks. And I've been very honest in my assessment of the Milwaukee Bucks. I said this last year, and I've said this this year. It might sound like a broken record. I've taken a lot of flack. People are like, oh, I don't know what you're seeing. This is the way they play. They're not meant to be overwhelming. They're, they're kind of like the Spurs, you know. They have their few guys, you know. They have their one big star, and then they got their kind of role player guys that can potentially be like stars in Middleton and Lopez or whatever, you know, and, and, and they do their thing. Folks, the Milwaukee Bucks are not the San Antonio Spurs. All right, they have a good head coach. They have some good players. They have some good role players. Not the San Antonio Spurs. Because the San Antonio Spurs rose to the moment. The San Antonio Spurs did not lay too many eggs in the postseason. The last two years, I've seen the Bucks lay more eggs than have successful performances in the postseason. And that's what differentiates what I've been saying compared to what everybody else has been saying. Because last year when the Bucks made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost, people were surprised. They thought, oh, the Raptors are giving a series, but they think the Bucks would make it through. Well, you lost to a better team. But if you look at the way the Bucks played before that series with the Raptors, they did not play well. They didn't play well at the end of the regular season last year, but nobody talked about it. They acted surprised when the Bucks didn't didn't advance to the finals. You could see that coming a mile away. And the same thing with this year. They didn't before, forget about the pandemic. The pandemic's not the reason the Bucks lost. I'm hearing it already now. Oh, the pandemic. Oh, the, no, the protest and the, and and the season. You know, stopping for a few days because of, of the protests and everything, it had nothing to do with it, folks. The Bucks were playing bad before the pandemic. They played bad throughout the entire restart. They played bad against the Magic. If, the, if they weren't so much better than the Magic, they would have lost that series. They did not play well at all. Said so they played a, much infer- a, 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 a team that's just so inferior to them. That they had to have, they had to have a, they had to have a night that was so far over their head in terms of what they, what they are in order to win one game, and that, that, that's the only way the Magic would have won the game like they did, is that they had like the, the most perfect game ever on offense, and they did. The Bucks have been awful. Giannis hasn't played well. Middleton was a no show until a couple games ago. And this is a team whose window is closing. They have one year left with Giannis, and a lot of people wonder if they're even gonna, 
if they're even going to try to keep him. Because most people think he's got one foot out the door. He's going to look at this team the last two years. You, you're back. You, you, you regressed. Last year, at least you got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Usually you come back, you know, with a chip on your shoulder, like, we need to go to the Finals. No, you went backwards. You ended up in the Eastern Conference Semifinals, and you laid an egg. You won one game. To a team that wasn't even on anybody's radar before the last couple weeks in the heat. People are going to say, well, the heat, the, the heat just came into their own much quicker than anybody thought. Oh, they just played a great, perfect team. The Heat are really, really good. They've stuck up on everybody. We all agree on that. But the Milwaukee Bucks are a team that's dominated two straight regular seasons and played like other garbage in the postseason the last two years. As soon as that calendar seems to flip to March and you start seeing the postseason on the horizon, the Bucks go away and hide. That's what they've done in the last two years. That's a problem. That means something's not right with your team. You have to evaluate and you have to see what is going on. What are we doing wrong? Is it a coaching thing? I like the head coach. I think he's great. I think Bozo's great. Bozo's great. But is he the right guy for this team? You need to pair somebody else that's more consistent with Giannis. Giannis is, Giannis is a fantastic player. But he's not LeBron James. He's not Anthony Davis. He's not Damian Lillard. The guys that you see that are Luka Doncic, you know, Jokic from the Nuggets, uh, Jamal Murray, those guys, he's not any of those players. I'm sorry, he's not. And what do I mean by that? That doesn't mean he's not a great player. It doesn't mean he's not an all-star. It doesn't mean that he's not a, a, an MVP candidate. First of all, his shot, he, he's very inefficient. He, 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 to me, he's a slightly better version than James Harden. A slightly better scorer than James Harden. He's a better, slightly better player than James Harden. All around. He plays good defense. He's fundamentally sound for the most part. But he's inefficient as an offensive player. He's not explosive enough. Compared to some of these other players. He's not dynamic enough. Compared to some of these other players. He's a great player, and he's definitely a, a foundation to a franchise. He's definitely somebody you build around. But is he a one, or is he a really good two? Because I'm being honest, folks, he looks, I, I, I mean this with no disrespect, because he was a, he's a great player in, in his own right. It's, to me, Giannis was more like a Pippin than a Jordan. That's what he looks like to me. He looks like if you pair him with a star, he'd excel. Because he could just sit back and play and, and, and be set up and have the, everything kind of come to him. And I mean that with no disrespect. I love Giannis. I think he's a fantastic basketball. I love to watch him play. But he's inefficient. 
And to me, he does not look like a guy that takes the bull by the horns and tries to dom- and, and dominates a game, especially when it matters most. He does not look like that kind of player. Like a Kawhi Leonard, like a Luka Doncic, like a Damian Lillard, like an Anthony Davis or a LeBron James or, a, you know, go back a little bit further, Dwayne Wade, those guys. He's not that kind of player. Look at the film. Watch the games, folks. He doesn't show, show that. He just does not. Is that the primary issue? Now, you got a, a player in Chris Middleton that, to me, is a guy that is a good third guy. A guy that's under the one and the two that can go off for 25, 30 points, but is not consistent enough to rely on to be that two. He's not that. I'm sorry. He's just not that. He's just not that. So if you're the Bucks, you have to look at this whole thing. Do I, I? Do you tear it down? Thinking, you know what? We only got one more year here. Could, could we really? Do we go all out and try to make this one year the year, and then that's enough to sell Giannis on staying? Do we think it's worth it to even try? I mean, I guess you sit Giannis down and say, where are you at with this? Where, where do you see your future? Do you want to be here? If so, what's going to take to keep you here? Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's fine just being in Milwaukee. He doesn't care. He's going to keep trying to go for it, and that's it. Maybe he's not that kind of player. I don't know. But you want to sit him down and get a gauge for where he is and see if, there, if you know if, if if he's you know willing to stay or if he's already you know if he says you know what I don't need you to do anything to keep me here this what's keep trying to be competitive then you feel okay all right maybe we just look at tweaking the roster and that's it I don't know if that's enough I think this team needs significant changes I think they need a number uh, another another guy to pair with Giannis I think that's what they really do need maybe they need a new head coach those are the two things I'd really look hard at because they do have some good role players here. And if you, if you get another guy to pair with Giannis and you have Middleton in that third spot, I think you're in good shape. But you'd be keep Luke, Luke, Luke Lopez. You're in very good shape. But you got to look at Giannis, sit down, not sit down him, and get a gauge of where he's at. And start there, I think. And then you evaluate the entire team and see what, what if there's any problems. Because clearly there's something there. There's a problem. This team should not be performing where it is, the way it is, when it matters most. Not when they dominate the, the rest of the regular season the way that they do. So there's, there's something that's not working. And something needs to be done about it. Or, you know what, then you just blow the whole thing up and start again. And if that's the case, you make that decision before the season so that you can you can probably trade Giannis and get a lot back and start your rebuild quickly. That's what I would do. So a lot to think about for the Milwaukee Bucks, who did not play well in the Heat, were dominant. They were dominant. This entire series. You probably shouldn't even lost the last game. They were dominant, and they are going to be a tough, chore for whoever they face, whether it's the Raptors, 
or the Celtics. And more than likely, it's going to be the Celtics based on the way the Raptors have played. Much shift gears to that because the Raptors are in very much the same boat as the Bucks that, that they were able to at least tie the series. And that's just because the Celtics just left the door open and let the, the, the Raptors climb right back in. They let their guard down. They had a couple defensively, they just weren't as sharp. They let the Raptors wake up a little bit, get more opportunities than they needed to get. But they came right back, and now they're now they've taken the, the the momentum back. And the Celtics, this is a good gut check for them. This is a very good gut check for them to get that game and get the series lead, and now set it up for them to eliminate the Raptors. Those first two games, the Celtics were played very very well. The Raptors played awful in Game One, played better in Game Two. And they, they obviously found a way to get Game 3 and then played probably their best game in Game 4. And then Celtics come right back and get the momentum back, which is huge. They needed to do that. You thought they might get it back in Game 4 after how disgusted they were in Game 3. I feel feeling they let that game get away, especially Jalen Brown. But the Celtics' defense has been a driving force. You know, they've had guys step up. All series long, from Kemba Walker to Jalen Brown to um, Jason Tatum, their guys have stepped up. Without Gordon Haywood, their guys have stepped up. And the Raptors are in a position where they don't have, you know, they 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 want to play just like the Celtics in a way, where it's very balanced. But you need more than just balance in the playoffs. You need your stars to perform. And their star is Pascal Siakam. The other guys are kind of in and out, and he's not performing. Again, you question whether he's healthy or not, because he does have a history of being, you know, having issues with injury. This is a guy that performed very well, quietly under the radar last year when Kawhi Leonard was going crazy. Paso Siakam put together a, a, a brilliant postseason run last year, and he started out well this year. Remember, this, this Toronto team came, it was played very, very well down the stretch, played very well in the restart, and played very well in their first series. And has not played well in this series. Is it just because they, the matchup with the Celtics is, 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 you know, one of those things where it, it's, it's like looking in a mirror where they, they both like to play balanced scoring, you know, they both look, it, it, it's not any one person every night, it could be somebody different. You know, you got your your one or two people that are you know consistently you know that you know what you're gonna get performance wise, and then everybody else is just hey you know whoever wants to be the, the next hero that night. I mean, is it? I mean, is it? Is it that kind of kind of like they play the same style? Is it just the fact that the Raptors have fallen to a rut? I mean, what is it? What is it? When I watch it, it just looks like one team defensively, is playing better than the other. I think the defense has been the key. And I think the fact that in Toronto, in Toronto the one true star that they have, Kyle Lowry's not a really star. He's, he's a good player, but he's not a star. But the one true star that they have in Siakam, who grew into a star last year, okay, is not playing well. And if that's your only true star and he's not playing well, you're putting even more pressure on some of these other guys. And even if they perform well and your star still doesn't, Probably still don't have. You're probably not going to win consistently. Toronto is in trouble. 
Now, would it surprise me if they win tomorrow night and get it to a Game 7? No, it would not surprise me at all. But it's with the way that they played in this series and the way Siakam has played, and with the fact that you just don't know if anybody else is going to step up. And that's the danger when you play this kind of style. Especially when you play another team that plays that kind of style and has a little bit more explosiveness and a little bit more in way of star power. If you really look at it in terms of consistent performances than you. When you look at all that, it's hard for me to imagine the Celtics losing two games in a row right now. It really really is. But the Raptors have that championship pedigree. They have the experience. If anybody can do it, it's them. Even without Kawhi Leonard. They're not going to fold. They're going to be resilient. They're going to come out strong. They're going to play very well. I have no doubt in my mind. But it's just hard for me to imagine the Celtics playing the way that they are and the way the Raptors have looked in this series, all of a sudden the lights are going up and the Raptors being able to win two in a row here against the Celtics, the way that things are going. It's hard for me to imagine. So I think we're looking at a Celtics Heat Eastern Conference Finals, which is kind of a throwback, but it's, it, it's cool. And I think that'd be a great series. And then you start thinking about Gordon Haywood. Now the thought was that they'd have to get to the finals in order to see Gordon Haywood again. But who knows? You never know. If he's healing well, maybe they can push it quicker. I don't know. Couldn't they beat the Heat without Haywood? Well, the way that they're playing against the Raptors, absolutely they can. But the Heat have been playing on such a, another level that I don't, I, I don't know. You know, it's easy to say right now that I think they could be competitive with them. But then seeing them on the court, the way the Heat are playing right now, might be a different story. I think it'd be a good series, and I think that's where we're headed. I think we're headed for the Heat and the Celtics. I think it'd be a good series. Now, can any of those teams beat the Lakers or the Clippers if they get to the finals? Well, I didn't think the Rockets and the Nuggets stood much of a chance, but clearly I was wrong, and we're going to transition now to the West because the Rockets took game one in shocking fashion, played incredibly well. Harden stepped up big, but again, that's game one. Let's see if he steps up big in like an elimination game or in the fourth quarter in a, in a competitive game. That's that tends to be when he doesn't show up. But still, credit where it's due. He stepped up in game one. It's easier to step up in game one anyway, but still, he did it. They win game one. Clippers win game one. Lose game two to a Nugget team that has really been a surprise and really showing that they've learned a lot from last year. That's, that's an example of a, a younger team or a team that kind of broke through last year Learned from the experience, came back this year and said, came back with a little bit of an edge and said, you know what, we learned from last year. We were very disappointed. We felt like we could do more. They've come back this year and now look at the way that they're handling themselves against the Clippers. They're, you know, the way that they played has been really good. Jockets has been good. Jamal Murray's been good. I'm very, I've been very impressed with the Nuggets. Very, very impressed with the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Clippers took back Game 3. Great performance. Behind George and Leonard. Paul George has woken up in this series. Jockets still had a great game with 32 points. But again, you, the Nuggets are showing you that they're very much alive in this series. Probably more so than I thought. I thought this series could be over in 5. Now I think they can at least get it to 6. And if you can get it to 6, you can probably get it to 7. Now, tomorrow night becomes a, a big win, a big game. 
uh, for the Nuggets. Because I think if they lose that, then they're definitely done. I just don't see them coming back from three games to one down. Because the Clippers are better than them. They are. So if you let them, if you put yourself in a situation where you got to win, you know, three out of your next four to get to the next round, I don't see it against a team like the Clippers. So I'm impressed with the way the Nuggets have played. Clippers have control, but they're facing a much more taller task than I thought. And the same thing with the Lakers. You know, you look back at the way that this started in Game 1. And, you know, the Rockets, who just came out and dominated the Lakers behind Harden's 36. And then the Lakers came back with a strong performance of their own, 117-109 in Game 2. And now tonight, they're in a dogfight. They're in a true fight tonight. It's 70-69 in the third quarter with seven, under 7 minutes left. The Rockets have been, to me, probably one of the biggest surprises so far in that how uh, how you know competitive they're being in this in this series. Harden's doing very well right now. He's got twenty three so far in the game. LeBron's got almost thirty, so he's stepping up big here. Um, Davis has nineteen. You know, nobody else really has stepped up yet, but and that seems to be the dilemma. But still, you know, the Lakers stars are performing well, and and uh, the Rockets stars. Are performing well. 23 from Harden, 17 from Westbrook, Eric Gordon with 7, Covington with 10. So the right guys are stepping up. It's, a, it's going to be a hard-fought game here. And and to me, this is a big game for the Rockets. I think the Rockets are going to want to play from ahead. You don't want to get where the Nuggets are, where you're, you know, even if you're down two games to one, you want to consistently be ahead. I, I, that, that's why it was so big that the Rockets took game one because it, it kind of told the Lakers, hey, we're not going to be pushed over here. We know we're the underdog. We know many people aren't giving us a chance. So take that game one, we get in your head a little bit. The Lakers came back strong game two. But again, you know, you okay, fine. But now you got game three. And the Rockets are playing a very good game tonight against the Lakers. So you're gonna want you wanna take advantage of that. Because then you win tonight, you're back out in front again. You always want to be playing from out in front in a in a series, especially if you're the underdog. It's very, very important. Nuggets are you know, that's why losing game three was a big deal. Because if you know you lost game one, but you found a way to win game two. You're tr- if you get up ahead, you're the team with the momentum, and you're putting more pressure on the other team. Especially if that other team is the favorite, it's even it's 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 like triple the pressure. So you want to play if you're the underdog, you want to always try to play from out in front. Nuggets have not had that luxury so far, but the Rockets have a chance to have that luxury tonight. That's why this game is significant for them. And they're they're holding their own tonight, and I I did not think that they would do the same. I feel like the same thing about the, the nug you know about the Nuggets, Nuggets and Rockets both. I thought these series would be over in five. I could see sweeps in both series. Now I don't feel that way. Now I think that both series could go six. I really believe that. I mean, I think these series will be deeper than we thought, and that's look that's good for the league. That's good for the playoffs. You want that. You want these series to be competitive. That's not a problem. But I never thought that you'd get as much out of the Rockets as you're getting in this Lakers series. I never thought you'd get as much out of the Nuggets as you are against the Clippers in this series. I thought they were total mismatches. But the right people are the right guys are stepping up and they're playing both very well. And the Rockets have a tremendous opportunity tonight. A tremendous opportunity tonight to really get in the Lakers head. Because remember, this Lakers team did not look good in the first round early on against Portland. 
did not look good. They didn't look good in the entire restart to that point. They found themselves halfway through the series with Portland, and they started to look like that dominant Laker team that we expected. But the Rockets have kind of brought them down to earth a little bit and said, hey, look, we can play with you. We can win games here. We, we are a real threat. And let's just be hypothetical. Let's say the Nuggets and the Rockets both find ways to win these series, or one, one of them does and the other doesn't. But if they both, I mean, look, if they both do, wow, that's, that'd be stunning. But even if one of them does, I mean, that's a shock. We thought the Lakers and Clippers would have their toughest task on their way to the Western Conference Finals in the first round. We might have been wrong about that. We might not have been giving enough credit to the Nuggets and to the Rockets. Russell Westbrook seems to be getting better with each game. You know, maybe they took some momentum out of that first round. Maybe both teams did. It's going to be very interesting over these next couple of days. It really is to see how far these Western Conference Finals go. And if we see an upset or two there. And of course in the East to see what happens with the Raptors tomorrow night. The NBA playoffs are taking on a form, uh, uh, take, taking shape in a way that we didn't think we would see. I mean, a couple weeks ago, even as bad as the Bucks were playing, did you think you'd see the Bucks out and potentially the Raptors too? I mean, we all thought the Celtics and the Heat did have a chance. I think we all agreed on that. But you know, to see both those teams advance before the Bucks and the Raptors, when the Raptors, were, especially the Raptors, were playing as well as they were. And to see the Nuggets and the Rockets playing to the level that they are against the Lakers and the Clippers, look, it's good for the league. I like it. But it's a surprise all across the board. Truly. But it's good for the game. You want that. Now look. We talked with the with the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, what happens now if they lost? Well, you know, Giannis has we have one year to convince Giannis to stay. In reality, that's the end of their window if Giannis does leave. So they got a lot to look at, right? But the Raptors, you know, they, their offseason was last year. They won their title. They lost Kawhi Leonard, but they didn't miss a beat this year. They still end up in the same seed and pretty much the same spot as they were a year ago. You know, they might look to tweak the roster. They might look to try to in- enhance things a little bit. But for the most part, they're not going to have the kind of offseason and, and, and period of reflection and evaluation that the Bucks are. I mean, they already won a title last year. They're only one year removed from it. So it's a different animal there. It's going to be an interesting few weeks for, the NBA, for these NBA playoffs. And we'll see where everything lands. Like I said, right now, we're watching the Rockets and the Lakers. Again, he, he took care of the Bucks earlier tonight. Without Giannis on the court, remember, he had an injury. I saw some people say, well, why, why couldn't he play? He sprained his ankle. He was in warm-ups trying to figure out a way to play. He had no lateral movement. There was no way he could play. So it's not like he didn't try. I would agree with you all if he didn't even try to you know, get out there and see what he could get. Okay, it was legit. I don't have an issue with that. Um... He took care of the Bucks earlier tonight. Right now, the Lakers and the Rockets are tied at 72 with 509 left in the third. So they're hanging right in there. So that's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see what if the Rockets win tonight, you know, that's gonna put some real game pressure on the Lakers. Because remember, the Clippers are not in that same remember the Clippers are out in front right now. 
they got the, took the momentum back. But the Lakers lose tonight. They let the Rockets get the momentum back. And momentum's a huge thing for an underdog. A huge thing. So a big game tonight for the Houston Rockets. A big game. And, and again, these playoffs... NBA's had a good... It's been it, 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 a lot of unpredictability. But in the end, a lot, of this, a lot of the teams that we thought would advance did. But right now, that seems to be changing. We've already lost a one seed in the East. We could lose the two seed in the East tomorrow. And again, the Celtics and the Heat are two teams that we thought maybe had the potential to get to the finals, especially the Heat, given, given how they play in the restart. But it's still a surprise. And to see where the Nuggets are and how they played, and to see what the Rockets are doing now, especially in the way of how they played in the first round. Big surprise. Big surprise. So, very interesting things going on in the NBA indeed. Uh, another interesting thing that happened in the NBA tonight was the, the dismissal of Billy Donovan. Why did the Thunder decide to let him go? Or mutually part ways, I should say, with Billy Donovan. Where does he go from here? Where did the Thunder go from here? What's the impacts of this? We'll talk about that after the break, along with shifting gears to baseball. What in the world is going on with the New York Yankees, and how do they fix it? And are they really not going to make the playoffs? We'll talk about all that when we come back. This is the Sports Sprint here on this Tuesday night. We'll be right back. So, we spent a lot, obviously we spent the whole opening segment talking about where the NBA playoffs stand, some of the big stuff that's been going on, and how crazy it's starting to get. But earlier tonight, in a a shocking move, um, the Thunder, and it was announced that the Thunder and Billy Diamond mutually agreed to part ways after five seasons. Now, Billy Diamond's contract was up, they basically decided not to renew it. Um, They had a sit down, and they just, you know, were on the same page and said that this is not something... I'll read you the quote from uh, Thunder Executive Vice President General Manager Sam Presti. He said, we've had, and I quote, We had planned to sit down at the end of the season and discuss the best way to move forward for both of us. After those discussions, it became apparent that we couldn't provide him the information on the future direction of the team over the next several seasons, given the level of clarity that he understandably desires at this stage of his career. Therefore, we close this chapter and reflect following all days given to the team, organization, and community. Billy will always have a place in the Thunder family. Um, the discussions were described as collaborative and realistic. Basically, the general sense you get is that the Thunder just don't know if they're going to be what they're going to be doing over the next couple of years. What's the long-term vision? Remember, they did not expect to compete this year when they got Chris Paul 
for Russell Westbrook, along with the other players that they got in that deal, there was an understanding that Chris Paul was going to be traded and in another package to get draft picks and maybe more young players. They were in a rebuild. That did not happen. You know, the Thunder did not get off to the best start. You thought Chris Paul and, and anybody else, they want to get rid of the contracts. They're going to be gone at the midseason, right? That's what everybody thought. Did not happen. The Thunder put together one of the best records from, what, I think, like December 1st on in the NBA and ultimately end up playing much better than we all thought, doing things that we all thought were impossible, playing themselves into a five seed and almost knocking off the Houston, same Houston Rockets right now that are, are playing, playing right up there with the Lakers in the Eastern Conference semifinals. It was an incredible year for them, and a lot of people thought, hey, this is a building block. You still have Chris Paul. You got some good young players that he's making better. You know, let's keep doing this. Well, the Thunder don't seem convinced that this is something that's sustainable. You know, and I think this is something that people forget, right? You have, you know, eight teams make it in the East, eight teams make it in the West. But let's be honest here. Out of those eight teams on either side, you're lucky if two, three, maybe four are legit finalist contenders. And that's only in the last year. Remember before this, it was hard to break through and be a championship contender because it was dominated by, you know, whatever team LeBron was on, the Warriors, right? Um, but now we're kind of gone back to the, you know, way to 20 years ago when you maybe have about maybe five, six, seven teams that are legit championship contenders. And the rest of them, are they, are they competitive? The rest of the teams, are they competitive? Sure. Are they potential playoff teams? Yeah. And certainly for some, a team that hasn't won in a while, you're like, all right, we just want to break through and get our fan base excited and see if this will help attract free agents and see if we can build on this. But then there's other teams that, you know, routinely make the playoffs maybe in a 5, 6, 7, or 8 seed and are like, well, you know what, where is this going? And if you're the Thunder, the last couple of years you've kind of been in that spot. I mean, yeah, this year you kind of had a breakthrough. You played better than expected. You made it became a five seed and almost pulled off an upset in the first round. But that's is that that's really the ceiling, isn't it? You're not going to be able to beat the Lakers. You're not in the current form. You're not going to be able to beat the Clippers in your current form. You probably wouldn't even be able to beat the Nuggets right now in your current form. And you're definitely not going to be able to beat a team like any of the top four in the East if you get to the finals. I don't see it. It's a nice story. But Chris Paul's not going to be here beyond the next couple of years. I don't think Stephen Adams is either. I just don't see if this is sustainable. Yeah, you could come back next year and be in a four or five spot, maybe even a three. That's your ceiling. You're not a championship team. This ain't a championship team. And the Thunder are a team that's always been competitive and, 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 and you know for years had higher standards. Remember, with, under Durant and Westbrook and Harden, they were a championship contender. They're trying to get back to that, but also make it sustaining. Not just to get back to that for two, three years, but get back to that for maybe a decade or the majority of a decade. They're not going to do that with what they have here. They thought this year was a rebuild, and it ended up being not that. So if you're the Thunder, you're sitting there looking at this and going, all right, well, we could keep this together, maybe improve upon it, maybe be a 4, 5, or 3 again next year. 
not and, and really not have much of a chance at going beyond that, and then put off a full rebuild and a, and a and a full push towards our future, which would be more sustainable. Or we just say, you know what, this is what we are. This is the best we we will do with this current crop. These guys played so well this year. A lot of these guys have great trade value. And can bring us some good talent back, including, I mean, forget about Chris Paul and Adam, because with that, it's about more money than anything else. But they also obviously played very well, so you can get a lot of value back. Chris Paul proved he could still play. You know, Adam's is a true asset. We got all these young guys that Chris Paul made look good. I mean, this is, I mean, really, off of this year, you could get a lot back for some of these guys. So you maximize their value. Now you you say, well, well, you should be able to compete every year. Maybe you can, you know, maybe you get lucky next year, and the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, maybe just injured, but maybe they're not as good. Maybe you can break through. Again, I just don't. If you, can you really look at the Thunder and say this is a championship team? I mean, come on, folks. No matter what happens, are they a championship team? No. Is that worth pushing off a rebuild? No. Because what happens if you do that? What happens if you say, you know, we'll stick with this, maybe tweak the roster a little bit, maybe add a piece here and there, see if we can get better. But then next year, these guys don't play the same way. They don't play as well as they did this year. Maybe they only be, become an eighth team. Maybe they only make the playoffs at all. And then all of a sudden, you're like, you know what, see, we shouldn't have done that. And some of these guys lost their value because they didn't have as good of a year, and you don't get as many of the pieces back you could have gotten a year ago. You run that risk. Is that worth the risk just to finish either at or below where you are now? It's not. It's not like we're talking about the Lakers or Clippers here deciding to blow up their team when they easily got another two or three years left in their window. We're not saying that. This is a Thunder team that's not a championship team. They're not even a Western Conference Finals team unless they get lucky. So you don't you really you look at this and go, all right. Let's put all these names out here. Let's see what we can get back. And if you get a lot of bites and you like what you're getting back, then you deserve to make the move because then within three, four years, you could be in a spot where you're, you, you know, you built yourself into some a team that can be a championship contender for the better part of a decade, like you did with the when you know you had Durant and Westbrook and Harden, and it's more sustainable and 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 and, and better. You gotta look. You gotta really. That's what teams just don't do. Sometimes they just buy into it. They like, oh, this is enough to make the point. I, 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 I wouldn't do that. Maybe for a year or two or something like that. But and it's made like the Thunder, where you, you know, you've kind of done it. Like you know, we make the playoffs all the time. We're not. We, we're looking to be beyond that. I mean, I guess it all depends on your your perspective and whether you've been there or not. Like, if you haven't been there in you know ten, fifteen, maybe you're okay making the playoffs for the next two or three years. And then after that, like we know, we need to do more. But for somebody that's, you know, that for the, for the better part of the last 15 years has been a perennial playoff contender like the Thunder have, you're looking for more. You're looking to rise yourself back to the upper echelon of the Western Conference. Uh, regularly. And the only way that you're going to do that is probably by say, admitting to yourself that you need to rebuild here. And maybe you have to tear it down. It was a nice story for one year. 
And Chris Paul has done a lot for that community, a lot for that team. I know it's going to be hard. Or maybe, you, you know, maybe you keep a few pieces, including Chris Paul, and you build around. I, I don't know. It depends on what your evaluation is. But you can't pretend like this is something that for, you know, next better part of a decade is going to be sustainable and you're going to be able to win a championship with what you got here. So you got to make some difficult choices. And you got to start to look ahead. It's the only way. That's the, that's the smart thing to do here in their position. It's a smart thing to do. And I think that's what this is a sign of. Billy Donovan's like, hey, look, I've been here for five years. This seems to start, you know, we get to a five seed, and, and I'm going to know, are we going to continue to pursue this, or are we going to tear it down again? Clearly, he didn't want, clearly it was something where they don't either don't know, or they're, they're going to tear it down again. And he's like, you know what, no, I, I can't go through that again. I want to go to a team that's ready. I've, I've spent five years building. I don't want to do that anymore. I want insurance that that's not what's going to happen here. He didn't get it. Or they told him that he that, that wasn't going to happen, that, they're, that they were going in a direction of rebuilding, like they were planning to do this year. And that's where they mutually parted ways. Same result either way, right? It's, it's hey, you know what, I'm, I'm bored with this. I want to win consistently. I want to be a perennial playoff contender. I want to try to win a championship and do what I did in college basketball and, and win a championship. There was a vision clash there and they just decided, hey, you know what? You guys don't really know what either you guys don't know where you're going or you do know where you're going and I don't like it and I'm done with that. And my contract's up so it's a perfect way to kind of just mutually decide to go in different directions. And Billy definitely showed that he can coach in the NBA, so he's not gonna have a problem getting a job. And I think right now he's the prime candidate. I, there's other jobs like the Bulls, et cetera, available, but I think he's the prime candidate for the Philly job. They're not going to get Jay Wright. Jay Wright took his name right out of the running. Billy Diamond's their next best option. They want a guy that's that's a proven winner um, at the college level, but also has proven he can win at the NBA level and develop young players at the NBA level. And that's what Philly has. Philly has a nucleus it, that, that he can help cultivate, and they're a, they're a playoff contender. They've already made the playoffs the last few years. So that would be a spot where Billy would like to go. No doubt. So I think Billy Donovan's probably the guy for the 76ers, for sure, in my opinion. So I'd expect him to at least be, at the very least, be a prime candidate, if not get the job. I think I think he's going to get the job, but but that's why I, I, I expect him to be a, a top candidate. And where did the Thunder go for a coach? I have no idea. But somebody that's going to be signing on for probably, I'd be shocked if it's not a, a rebuilding effort at this point. Which means the Thunder are going to be unloading guys this offseason, no doubt. Or maybe it's not and they're going to tweak the roster and then you go and get somebody that's more of an experienced guy. I don't know. We'll see. Depends what, what, what they're what they what they decide to do. Now, as we shift gears to baseball, were the Yankees 
be in a position where they make significant changes to their roster should they not make the playoffs? Because that's a very real possibility. As we look at where things are, the Yankees lost again tonight, which has put them in a situation where they're only a half game up. A half game up for the eighth seed in the AL. This is this. Remember, 16 teams make the playoffs. 16 teams. And the Yankees have a chance at not being one of them. There are 18 games left for them. And they're a half game up. And I want you to mention, I want, I want you all to pay attention to something here. This is a team that started 16-6. and six. This is a team that many people almost rolled into, at least being, the, again, in the AL Championship Series. This is a team that's being chased, okay? By teams like the Orioles, the Tigers, and the Mariners. Teams that we left for dead. There's a no chance, no chance at making the playoffs. No chance. And here we are. And as you look at the standings right now. There's no chance for the Yankees to catch the Rays in the AL East. They're six and a half up on them. The, the Blue Jays could, but I don't see that. So I think the Rays are the AL East champions. And right now, they are the one seed. The Indians and the White Sox are tied at the top of the Central. That's a surprise. The Twins are a half game out. White Sox are playing much better than we all thought. So have the Indians. So that's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out. And obviously, you know, you know, we, we don't put a lot of stock in like ones and twos because probably a lot, be a lot of probably going to be playing in a bubble, or at least not in front of fans. But still, it's it's important because, you you know, obviously the better standing you have, the, the less, you know, you have to worry about. Now, something else to keep an eye on here that's not getting talked about and should. The A's are obviously the AL West leader right now. The Astros have fallen back. They've lost six in a row. They're 25-14. and 14. I mean, the A's are 25 points. The Astros are 21 and 21. So while we're all been focused on the Yankees, the Astros are 21 and 21. So now they're in that spot. The only, difference that, that's, the only thing that's helping them is that they're in second place. And if you're in second place in your division, you automatically make it. That's why we're not, there's not so much focus on the Astros. But important to know here, the Mariners, again, teams left for dead are only two and a half back of the Astros. Two and a half back with 18 to play. Now, schedules are going to be important here. And by the way, the Astros and, and, and the A's are tied at four right now, so that's an important game to watch. The Mariners right now, as you look at their schedule, okay, Three games under 500. 
since we're looking at like you know whether the Astros can fall out of that two spot, as long as they're in that two spot, they're gonna make it no matter what. Um, now they got a lot of games the Mariners do. They got they got. Let's see what they got left. Playing San Francisco tonight. They're at San Francisco the next two nights. At Arizona for three. Winnable. Two games with the A's. Doubleheader. Makeups. Right? For postponed. Two games with the, 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 the Giants. Three more with San Diego. Three with the Astros. And four with the A's. So tough schedule. So now look. The way... The, given what the Mariners have, you know, they've already kind of traded some pieces off and they kind of wrote off this year. I don't have a lot of high hopes for them staying in this. So I really don't think they're going to be able to at least compete for that two seed. Probably not for that wild card either. Their schedule is too tough. Unless, you know, some of those teams are firmly in the race and decide to lie down or not play their best guys, which is possible. But I don't expect the Mariners. So I think the Mariners might fall off. Now, as we look at this the standings here, all right, so the Mariners, I don't think, have a chance to catch the two spot in the West. So the Astros are probably safe no matter what they do. And that's why I think the problem, I think it should be based on record, but I digress. Um, now we look at the Tigers. They're another team that's in this, right? Because of that eighth spot and how they're closing on the Yankees. Well, what's the Tigers' schedule look like? Because we're looking at this, too, as a chance. Does anybody have a chance to catch the Yankees here? Given that they're only a half game up for that eighth spot. Let's take a look at this here. Tigers full schedule. I already looked at the Mariners. Now they don't have, they're not going to catch the two spot, I don't think, in, in the in the Central. So I'm not going to really worry too much about that. Obviously, if they did that, then you, know, you wouldn't worry about them for a wild card. All right. This is what the Tigers have left. They won tonight. They have a game at Milwaukee tomorrow at 110. Two games at St. Louis, makeup games, doubleheader. Three at Chicago, so tough. Next few games are very tough. Two with Kansas City, four with Cleveland, two at Minnesota, and four with Kansas. Now, they finished week with Kansas City, but will they even be still in it at that point, given they got to play the White Sox and the, the Indians and the Twins and the Cardinals? That's going to be the case. Really, this next one, two, three, four, five, six... These next six games, and then they get two with Kansas City, and then they get four with Cleveland and two with Minnesota. I'm going to tell you the story. These next six games in those, that series with Cleveland and Minnesota, it's going to tell you the story. So, Detroit got some tough games left on their schedule, so I'm not looking, not looking too favorable there. Now, the other team that's chasing the Yankees for the eighth spot is the Orioles. Who this took three out of four from the Yankees, which really was a sign of trouble because the Yankees have been dominating the Orioles. Dominating the Orioles. The Orioles have been playing well. Remember, they started out not too badly. Now, the advantage the Orioles have is they have games left with the Yankees. Now, again, if do the Yankees wake up and start beating the Orioles around again? Maybe they do, especially since they're going to have them at home. Maybe they do. And that would certainly change things because they got, what, four games left with them? So, you know, that would, I don't know, four, four or three. I think it's four. I'm going to look at the schedule. I'm trying to pull up the schedule right now. It's not pulling up. Let's see what they have left. 
schedule right here. See here. Full schedule. Sorry, folks, not pulling up. There we go. Finally. This is what the Orioles have left. Beat the Mets tonight. They have another game with the Mets tomorrow. Then they're at New York for four. Big four games. Big four games. And then against Atlanta for three. One, two, three, four, five with Tampa at Boston, which, you know, and then at Toronto. Not a very good schedule at all. Really only games that you, you know, unless they dominate the Yankees again for them four games. But, I mean, they got they got, a, they got five with Tampa Bay. A doubleheader and a three-game set. That's tough. Um, again, unless, you know, some of these teams that by that point might know they're in it might decide to kind of lie down. But, I, you know, I, I don't know if I expect too many teams to do that. And even if they do, will they, I mean, will that be enough? Um, but then you got three at, against Toronto, who might be fighting for things. So now, the, what might help the Yankees is that both again, all three of these teams have some a lot of tough games left on their schedule. A lot of tough games. Now contrast that with the Yankees. Now theoretically, they don't have as many tough games, but they have played badly against some teams that they shouldn't have, like the Orioles, for one. So, just because you look at the schedule and say, well, the Yankees should have the advantage, doesn't mean that they will. So, you can't just look on this and go, well, these three teams have tougher schedules than the Yankees, because they do, and think that, well, that means that they're going to be fine. Now, they do, again, they have the, theoretically, they have the advantage on paper, but the way that they played doesn't make you feel confident. That one more with Toronto tomorrow. And they got the four at Baltimore, three more with Toronto, three at Boston, which has been their saving grace this year because they've been dominating Boston. Th and then four with Toronto, and then three with Miami. Now, Miami's no pushover. And then the fact that they got to play Toronto eight more times, that's tough, too. So, really, it's not all that easy, except for the three with Boston, and then, th and then really, the four with Baltimore, which they should be able to win, but if they play like they did last weekend, they won't. Now, they're set up pitching-wise. They got Cole, you know, forget about tomorrow. Tomorrow, you got Davey Garcia, which is a talented young pitcher for the Yankees, but you're putting him in a tough spot here, having to turn the tide. But they got Cole on Thursday, Tanaka on Friday, which is two games they need to win against Baltimore. Now, they can win tomorrow, and that's great. And then you got some good momentum. You got your two best starters going. And they got Jordan Montgomery, who's not pitched well. Half going on Sunday, who pitched well tonight. And then they don't have a starter for Tuesday. Finally, get a day off on Monday, which could be pivotal because they need that in the worst way. And then the final two games against Toronto, they kind of set up their pitching. They got Cole and Tanaka again. So, you know, maybe if they can somehow squeeze out tomorrow and then go into ball against Baltimore at home with their two best pitchers, maybe they can get a streak going. 
But it has to start with tomorrow. They 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 really have to look at tomorrow. And I hate to do this to young pitcher and Garcia. They have to look at tomorrow as a must win. You really have to look at every game as a must win. But if you look at these next games, okay? Because we're gonna get Toronto at home next week, and you know, if you want, if you if you're gonna go with the idea, well, maybe it's just top playing in that ballpark. I can see why it would be, not excuses, but I could see why it would be. But if you look at, you know, you got tomorrow with Toronto, and then the four at Baltimore, and then three with Toronto, and then the three at Boston. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay. These next eleven games. Try win seven of them, and then you got the four, the four with Toronto, and the three with Miami. Try win at least three of them. Probably four, but try win three of them. That gets you ten more wins. Ten more wins. I hate everyone saying this. You're five hundred. That might be enough. I said 30 wins was the magic number, right? That probably gets you in the playoffs with 16 teams. Get to 30. The higher above 30 you are, the more likely it is you make it. But did you ever think the New York Yankees would be in this spot? That they have to scoreboard watch and watch teams that are in a total rebuild. Teams that were having fire sales a week ago. For the trade deadline. They're now trying to... They're not even shout. They're, they're right there. They can catch them. And what has the problem been? Well, the, their vaunted bullpen has been playing awful. And you wonder if a lot of it has to do with the schedule. All the doubleheaders. The lack of consistency with the starting pitching going deep in the games. You wonder if that's a, a problem here. You know, they lost Tommy Canely. That's a loss. You know, gets up a spot in the bullpen. So everybody kind of moves up. So you wonder if all that's kind of, you know, you've seen that before with the Yankees in the past. The bullpen gets taxed. The bullpen doesn't play well. The offense has been terrible. Now, obviously, injuries have been a thing. But how many times are we going to use injuries as an excuse? Injuries weren't an excuse last year. Again, some of these guys last year played so far over their head, you can't expect that every year. You can't expect it every year. But they still be playing better than this. Th- th- these guys are better than 500. They're better than 500. They're better than anything the Orioles and the Mariners and the Tigers trot out. So why are they in this spot? Again, they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. It's you know it's, if they hit home runs, they're solo home runs. They're they're being their defense is sloppy. Their base running is sloppy. Their at bats are horrid. If you're watching them, they don't even look like a major league baseball team. They just look like they're flailing at pitches. And I'm sorry, but the coaching's been horrible. I understand you want to be steady, and I understand the, in the age of analytics, and 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 in, in the age of you know really, I won't, for lack of a better word, saying or better phrase, coddling players. But that's what it is. You don't want to upset the players. You want to try to you know, it, it, you know, appease them. I know we're in this era now, right? But I think sometimes you have to break from it. And I think the, I think Aaron Boone, you know, you heard about Brian Cashman having a meeting. That clearly didn't work. Now, they played a, a, a cleaner game tonight. Half pitch well. It was a 2-1 game. But they had so many opportunities on offense. Somebody has to light a fire under this team on offense. 
They really do, because the offense is where the problem started. Because if you think about it, between the double headers and the lack of a day off, and and the fact that the and, and, and the fact that the bullpen's a little bit short, you put even more pressure on your pitching when you don't score runs. Light a fire under this offense. A couple weeks ago, they came back from a, a huge deficit against the Mets, and you thought that would turn them around. It did for a day, and that was it. It's unbelievable how badly they played. Maybe it is the schedule. Maybe they're just exhausted. They need a, a day. I mean, Boone's trying to give guys a day off, which you really can't right now. Your best players can't sit right now. These games matter now. And yeah, they could still get in. They could still win a World Series if everybody gets healthy. They might. It's said that they'll get judged back for it. Who knows about Stanton? Who knows about Paxton? But they are real healthier. They got Glaber Torres back. They got DJ Romayu back. They got Zach Britton back. Another problem you have is your all-star catcher, who was on a historic pace for hitting as a catcher, has been dreadful to the point where you wonder if he could ever get will ever get any significant hits again. It's I mean, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Where this team was a month ago compared to now. And it started with the injuries. And then it's, you know, maybe it, you, you really look at it and you look back at when they had to take, you know, that Mets series, right? Because, I mean, when you look at the schedule, just, just look at the schedule, Right? Let's look back at when they started 16 and 6. Okay. You know, they had a rough time against Tampa. That was the one blemish, right? But then they got back. They won the two at Atlanta. They swept Boston. They ran into that sweep against the Rays. Following the sweep against Boston when they were sixteen and six, and then they that match series got postponed. And then the game of Atlanta got postponed. So they didn't play for almost a week. And that's where it started to spin out of control. That's where it started. They lost the two games in Atlanta. The, the two games in Atlanta. They lost the first two against the Mets. They come back. They win a, a gut check game against the Mets on the on the 29th. They sweep the doubleheader with extra innings. Income from behind on that Sunday the 30th. They lose the first game against Tampa. They win the second game. They lose the rubber game. Fair enough. But they're still twenty and fourteen, so they're still looking sitting pretty. You, you, you know, you only only think worry you worry worry was that you're worried about the division, right? You still thought you were in play for the division, but you were worried about maybe not being able to catch them, right? You lose the last game to Tampa. All right, twenty and fifteen. Make a game against the Mets, you lose in ten. 
devastating, but still 20 and 16. Win the first game against Baltimore, all right, with 21 and 16. But you lose those three games to Baltimore. Now, again, you can't line up your pitching. You got injured. I get that. So it's not like it's not like they've gone weeks without having any positive. They had that great run against the Mets where they won their three in a row. You know, they won a game against Tampa. That was a tough game. They won a game against Baltimore. I mean, they did have wins here. But then the, the pendulum swung right back. And really, you look at where it started. It started where they lost that week. They they lost those. They got swept by Tampa, and right into a week where they didn't play. And the offense, if you look back at it, the offense, hasn't looked the same since. The offense was scoring runs before that consistently, consistently. And I'm sorry, the hitting coach has got to get on this too. I understand that the, the players have to be responsible. The hitting coach can tell them, but somebody has to do something. These guys are going up to the plate, and they, they, they look like they have no approach at all. They look like they have no clue. Something has to give. These guys are too good. Now, do I still think they'll figure out a way and they'll win and get, get in? I think they do, especially when you look at the schedule. The schedule might be the best thing in the Yankees' favor here. But here's the thing. You've got, you got to start to play better than this. Otherwise, it ain't going to be even worth it for you to go to the playoffs. Especially since if, if the season ended today, the team you meet is the team that's dominated you all season in Tampa. But it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that we're sitting here on September 8th with 18 games to go. And this team is 21-21. and 21. They started 16-6. and six And are the New York Yankees, the team that got Garrett Cole in the offseason. And we all thought was going to, that had, everyone thought was kind of like a predestined for the World Series based on the fact the Astros are going to be down. What has happened? And if, if this doesn't work out, if they don't make it, even if they make it, if they don't do well, if they don't play better, what happens? I mean, you got guys here that don't look, that you're not even seeing any of what you used to see with them with Sanchez or Gardner's been a, a mess. You know, you got another year where Stan and Judge can't stay healthy. Torres hasn't looked great. Where do they go from here themselves? How long are you going to wait for this team to finally break through and do what you expected them to do? This will be the story of September, the New York Yankees. Baseball needed a compelling story for the playoff push. They got one. They got one. Do I think they'll make it? I do. Maybe by the skin of their teeth, but they'll make it, I think. But what shape will they be in? Because making, I mean, I mean, the, the record-wise, it's going to look awful. It'd, look like, it'd be kind of like 2,000. Yeah, you, you can't, it's a 60-game year, so it's a, off, obviously, with the win totals and stuff, but... It reminded me a lot of 2000 when the Yankees backed their way in. They don't change their fortunes here. What shape would they be in if they make it? Sixteen teams. And if the Yankees make it, they might they might make it as an eight seed. Which means they're the last spot in the AL. In terms of the playoff teams. 
Look around, look at the standings, and look at the teams that are making it. Can you imagine the Yankees not making it with some of these other teams making it? It has nothing to do with them making not making moves at the trade deadline. It really has anything to do with injuries, because there's enough guys there to be playing better than they are. They're not playing well. Simple as that. And they don't have a lot of time. And to sit there like Aaron Boone is and like everybody else is and, and being positive reinforcement saying we still have time, that's not helping. This ain't a week ago. This ain't two weeks ago. You got 18 games left. Eight of which are with a team that's surging right now in the Toronto Blue Jays. Three of which are with a Marlins team that's been a surprise and is not a pushover. Four of which are with a Baltimore team that you dominated for the better part of two years and just took three out of four from you and showed that they're not going to push over for you either. And don't think Boston won't try to up themselves and relish the idea of maybe knocking the Yankees out of the playoffs. This it will not be easy. They have got to start playing well. And not and they have got to find a way to get a win and build some momentum. Because in reality, if they put together a really solid week, like a six and one week, that might be enough to tilt the tide back in their favor. They are playing so bad, they've allowed teams that are even wor- even that are just inconsistent and are rebuilding teams to even have an to even sniff the playoffs. They shouldn't even be sniffing the playoffs. If the Yankees just have a good week, you probably do enough to knock those teams firmly out. If I'm the Yankees, that's what I'm looking at here. Once you get past Toronto tomorrow, if you can win that game, great. Once I get past Toronto tomorrow, you got the four with the Orioles. You got three with Toronto at home, which you're in your home building, so maybe you can do some good things there. And you got three with Boston. That's your chance. Rack the wins up. Put this to bed. So what? You didn't win the East? Whatever. You didn't deserve to. Get your confidence back. Get healthier. Get everybody back in their roles, playing well and confident. And then take your chances. Because it's about getting there this year, right? That's what you need to do. Will they do it? You, do you think that they would? But this team has not been cl- even close to what anybody thought they would be. In the last two to three weeks. Stunning. We'll be back after this.
The Laker-Rocket game has gone final, folks. The Lakers win 112-102. Great comeback by them. Well, not great comeback, but great uh, run by them at the end. Um, led by LeBron James is 36. Harden had 33, so big game for him as well. Davis had 26. Um, big performance off the uh, off the bench for Kuzma and Rondo. Rondo with 21. So big performances there. Um, Westbrook had 30. Harden 33. Gordon 10. Covington 10. And 16 for Jeff Green off the bench. So really just about, the, you know, just... The defense, just the Lakers stars doing a little bit more. You know, that's kind of really what it was about. And some of their bench and role players doing a little bit more. So, tough loss for the Rockets is they give up momentum. And now, look, the Lakers are in a good spot now. I mean, you know, it's a tough when, you, when you're competing and you're right in it. And then, you know, the Lakers kind of steal the momentum in the game and steal the momentum in the series. So, we'll see how the Rockets come back. Got to win the next game. They're in the same spot as the Nuggets. Got to win the next game or it is over. There's just no way that either the Lakers or the Clippers are going to lose, you know, that, that many before you win the amount, the amount, the amount that you need to win to get to, out of the series. So, so Lakers win game three. They are up two games to one in the Western Conference semifinals. All right, we're going to dive in here, as is usually the case here when we get to this point of the show. Your questions, comments, reactions, and opinions um, from what you've been um, about what we've been talking about here tonight. What well, we haven't been talking about, any again, anything is always on the table. Just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean we can't talk about it. Um, so um, let's see what you all are saying out there. Oh, this is a good to- good topic that I didn't discuss. Your thoughts on the hiring of Steve Nash by the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I it came out of left field. I didn't even know I didn't even know Nash was a guy that was interested in he's coaching right now. Point guards make good coaches. They, you know, they're good for generals. Obviously, they see the they see the game, they see the whole picture, right? They see the whole game. They have a great perspective on the game. Um, insightful, you know. Um, I like point guards as coaches, so I, I I feel like it's not somebody that necessarily can't do a good job. You always worry about hiring somebody that's essentially a neophyte, but it's worked out very well in all sports right now. You've seen a lot of guys that haven't had no coaching experiences, you know, get jobs and do well. So. You know, he's a great personality, he's a great guy, he's a great leader, so I have no doubt that he can, you know, as far as intangibles and as far as being able to get the respect of a locker room, I think he can get that. Um, just a matter of coaching-wise, can he can he pull it together? You know, can he, can he translate what he did on the court as a player to a coach? Not everybody can do it. To me, I felt like if you're going to fire Kenny Atkinson, who was brilliant and not and at least not, and also not give the job to Jock Vaughn, who apparently is going to be the highest paid assistant in the NBA. I, I don't understand how he only gives Jock Vaughn a chance at the job, given how well he he closed down at the bubble. Um, but, I mean, you would think that you go get somebody that's a name or a big name or somebody of experience, right? Instead of giving it to somebody that's new. But, I, whatever. You know, we'll see. I, 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 I don't really have a leaning one way or the other. I love Steve Nash as a player, as a person. I'll give him a chance, but it's not the direction I would have went in. It, You know, people are comparing it to Steve Kerr. Uh, you know, if that's what happens, that's what happens. You know, like in Steve Kerr's case, Mark Jackson set the table. One people, in, in this case, they think that Jock Vaughn and Kenny Atkinson set the table. We'll see. Maybe it will be. I don't know. But it's hard to tell. I, I, I don't really... You know, Nash not a guy that was an assist. I mean, there's not a lot there to know. It's an unknown commodity as a coach. I don't know. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, 
Any chance the Yankees fire Aaron Boone if they don't make the playoffs? You know, given the way it's hard in baseball now, right, with managers because you know most managers aren't like the guys making the decisions or doing really what we became accustomed to managers doing, right, which is managing, making the decisions, who's in the lineup, who's not, you know, substitutions, all that kind of stuff. It's not the way the game's managed analytically now, right? These things are decided before, and it's basically on the manager to just kind of execute the game plan, right? Um, it's not like the other sports where, you know, you see how involved the coach are. I mean, yeah, they're, they're involved, but it's more about just managing the personalities and keeping the players happy and keeping them on track. I don't know if I see them firing Boone because he's in locks. Again, he's somebody that's just doing what Cashman and the organization wants. Now, if they ever, I mean, does that mean he can never get fired because he's just doing what they want? No, I'm not saying that. Eventually, if they don't, if not successful, he'd be the scapegoat. I think I just think there'd be other scapegoats before Boone. You know, maybe a hitting coach, maybe the pitching coach. You know, maybe they'll make some moves for players, that kind of thing. That kind of thing. And I, I do expect them to look at this and go, well, it was an unusual season. There wasn't a true, you know, it, it, a 60-game season, unusual circumstances. That, I think a lot of teams are going to hide behind that if they disappoint. But, I, but if you had, I, I don't see them firing him. No, I don't. I don't. Um, you mentioned Taft going out and getting a, 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 a big star to go along with Giannis. Who do you think they should go get and, and why? Well, it depends on who's available. It's not just about who you I mean, obviously, if you had your pick of the litter, there's a number of players. You can't, you can't just go get somebody. You have to see who's available, right? I mean, you just can't, you know... Unless you make a trade, but I don't think they're in a position to really make a whole lot of trades. So it's gonna be and, and, and so you it, really you gotta look at free agency, right? So as I look at this, I mean Davis is gonna be a free, but he's probably gonna be resigned. Um, so I don't think that's gonna be he'll he'll be a thing. Obviously, if he's available, then um, Ingram's Brandon Ingram's restricted. Um. I think. Let's see here. I'm looking at the full list. Um, okay, you got players. I'm looking for. I'm looking for stars. I'm not looking for anybody that's you know. Haywood's got a player option. He can be one. They don't play him. Uh, that's uh, two thousand. Looking for 2020, not 2021. Haywood's be one if he's if he's out there. Let's see. I don't think Paul Millsap's a guy like that, no. Let's see. I'm not seeing a whole lot. Um, a lot of guys are 2021. 20, Davis, if he gets out there, would be a guy. But again, I think the Lakers are going to resign him. There's a lot of useful players. But you're looking for a star to go along with Giannis. I mean, Goran Dragic would 
but I don't know if that would be enough. Ingram for the Pelicans, but he's restricted. He's not. That's not. He don't qualify for that. Let's see. So far, I'm going down almost the list. I don't see anybody. I mean, come on, come on, Anthony's too old at this point. He's useful, but he's not that kind of guy. DeMar DeRozan's got a playoff, but again, he's not that kind of guy either. Marcus Saul's not one. Raptors will be losing a lot of players. Um, I kind of you know. Probably Diamond. I, I mentioned Diamond Mitchell other day in relation to the next. I, I think I mentioned that. I, remember, I was mentioning somebody off the air. He's not to 2021, so forget about him for this year. He wouldn't be a guy either. Um, yeah, there's nobody. You'd have to make a trade. I mean, maybe you look at some of these 2021 guys, see if a team's willing to part with them a year early, but that'd be about it. Yeah. There's nobody there. So, yeah, I mean, it's really about who's available. I mean, if you can get one of those 2021 guys, like a Diamond Mitchell or, um, you know, I mean, something like that, then yeah. But, I mean, again, you need somebody for next year if you're going to sell you know, Giannis, or maybe you make the trade, you trade, again, that's something you gotta look at too, if you know all these guys are coming up in 2021, then maybe you work on clearing some salary this year, and just say, you know, we're done, this window's closed, you know, you trade Giannis, get some pieces back, some draft picks back, you see if you can get out from Middleton's contract, trade him off, you know, clear some more salary, and get ready, and then start again, there's gonna be some good names in 2021, you can rebuild with that, you know, and then build some young players around them, maybe that's what you look to do. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Um, Actually, this is a very good question. Do you think one of the reasons why you see teams doing like the Thunder have and giving up on just being a playoff contender in favor of essentially just rebuild, doing a full rebuild, do you think, okay, wait, do you think the reason why teams are giving up on being just simply playoff contenders and making moves like, okay, okay, well, this is a very weird question, but let me, because it's missing some words. I think somebody typed this up too quick. Um, okay, so let me just paraphrase the, qu the question and, and do it in a better way. Do you think one of the reasons why teams are just not satisfied being a playoff contender and thereby making moves like getting rid of a coach like Billy Donovan is because of the fact that the game is a little bit more balanced now and not dominated by super teams? That's basically what they're asking. To, now, to answer the question, yes, I think that's part of it because I think... When you had the era of the super teams, right? Like whether it was the Cavs or the Warriors or the Pete, whatever. And that era, that has ended. That, that has ended now. We've gone back to kind of the idea of maybe having a Batman and a Robin on each team, right? And the talent's more easy, evenly distributed. Um, I think now teams are like, you know what? 
there's an opening here. You know, we look at it as, okay, if we're a four seed and down, you know, is that really worth it to keep staying? You know, if we, if we go to a situation like, like the Thunder right now, right? Do we keep doing that? Is it just enough to make the playoffs? We know this isn't sustainable. We know we're not going to get much further with this, even if we tweak the roster. Is that worth it, or do we break it all down, use the assets we have, and try to get better than this, and be a one or a two seed, and have a chance at a championship? Because we can do that now because you don't have the same teams dominating the, the landscape like you did. Or if they are dominating, they're much more vulnerable. We have a better chance at breaking through. So I think that has changed things, and I think that's why you see the Thunder doing what they're saying. You know what? We, we can get better, and we can rebuild quick if we make the moves now. Same thing with the Bucks. They might figure, hey, you know what? Yeah, we've had two really good years here, but we haven't gone anywhere. You know, do we do we decide to try again next year and put it all on the line and maybe even do make a big deal to try to do it and even go beyond next year? Or you know, do we break it all down now and we still have these assets? We can trade Giannis that we can, and within two or three years, we can be back on top and maybe even better than where we are right now. I think teams are looking around the landscape. The NBA landscape has changed. The super teams are gone. So they think that, you know, now it's, it's, it's not going to, it's, you know, you can get maybe get things back. You might give up now, but in two or three years, you can be right back to where you are and looking at a much brighter future. Um, let's see. So much talk about who about teams realizing what, whether what they have right now is sustainable or whether they can get better and rebuild better. So given that, if you're the Lakers and the Clippers, and let's say you get disappointed this year, how do you look at your future? Do you try again for one more year, two more years? Obviously, guys like LeBron are only two, got two more years left. Or do you look at things and say, you know what? We have a timetable here. If we don't get it done next year or this year, we move on and start to look for the future. I Look, again, every circumstance is different. The Lakers and the Clippers are not new. The, the Clippers just got Paul George and Kawhi. This is their first season. They're not even going to think about that until after next season. That's only because you've got options on guys, right? With Leonard and George, I believe. So you're not even looking at that, Okay. If you're the Lakers, I think you got, what, two years with LeBron after this year? One, I think. I think 2021, right? After he's got a play, whatever. So you worry about it then. And, and, and you know, you look at it then. I think after next year, it's only because you got the player option stuff, you look at it, right? Um, you're not in the same spot as the Bucks where you've been disappointed. The Lakers have been everything we, so far, everything we thought they would be, right? The Clippers, same thing for the most part, right? So it's not the same thing. You, I mean, you're the one in the two seeds. You're not, you're not a five. You're not a six. You know, in the Bucks case, you're not a one that's been bad at the end of the season the last two years. You're not that. So you're in a good spot. You don't really look at it the same way. Okay. Now, when you're at the end of your run, you know, when you when maybe you, maybe you disappoint maybe you disappoint this year, maybe you disappoint next year, and you got these guys with player stuff, then maybe you look at it differently. But right, not right now. No, not right now. I'll take one more. Um,
Let's say the Yankees do what you suggest and make the playoffs. Do you, can, do you really think they have a chance at beating anybody they face in that first series, whether it's Tampa or a team like Cleveland or the A's? Um, You know, I think the dilemma is, I mean, Tampa, they've seen so much, you'd like to think that they'd figure it out, especially if they get healthy. Right, they have Judge, they have Stanton, you, you like your chances, right? On the flip side, Tampa's seen them so much, they know how to play one. And it's it's hard for me to imagine, you know, given that they played 10 times and the, and the Yankees didn't look good at all playing them, even the games that they won. I don't know if much can change that quickly, right? So maybe you'd prefer to not play them, even if the familiarity might help your, eventually help you, you think. But maybe it doesn't help them in this case. Maybe it's just a bad matchup, right? Sometimes it doesn't happen, no matter how familiar you are. So maybe you'd like to take a chance on a Cleveland or A's. The A's the Yankees have always done well against the A's in the playoffs. Always have. Now, the A's can hit you pretty good. But pitching-wise, I don't think they're as good as last year. Their bullpen's probably just as good, but they have to get there. I don't think their pitching's as good as last year, though. So I, I might not feel bad about seeing the A's. I might not. Um, the Indians, I you know, they played very well, and their starting pitching's been great. Um, their bullpen's been okay, too. So, I mean, now, do they have this the, the vaunted offense they used to have? No. But they'd be a tough one. I, I worry about facing tough starting staffs in a short series, like the first route would be. So, I don't know if I really want to face the Indians, because they're very deep in starting pitching. And the same thing with Tampa. Even though with all these injuries, they found a way to pitch you very well. So, if I'm the Yankees, I wouldn't mind playing the A's. That'd probably be my, the team I'd look for. Now, if I'm the Yankees, the best case scenario for them is if the Twins somehow find a way to win the Central because they don't have no issue with the Twins. But, again, even if the Twins win the Central, I'm not really convinced they'll get the one seed, so I don't think that would be something to, you know, that would help them much. But, but yeah, I, I mean, if you got depth in starting pitching, I mean, yeah, obviously the, the Yankees have Cole and Tanaka who have been good, but I would worry about that series. I wouldn't wanna, I'd want to try to stay away from that if I can. So you, maybe you hope that the A's steal that one spot so that you, you feel like you have a little bit of a more favorable matchup. So, all right, we're going to take one last break. When we come back, we wrap things up, make some big announcements. Um, we'll be right back. Just to let you all know what's going on in the NHL. We had three Game 7s over the weekend. All were great. I mean, those series in the second round were all great. Um, and what we're left with is the Final Four, which is the Islanders and the Lightning Islands continue their real Cinderella run. They've been doing a lot of that in recent years. 
and the Golden Knights and the Stars. And right now, where the series stand right now, tonight the Golden Knights beat the Stars 3-0. That series tied at a game apiece, so entertaining series so far there. Lightning and Islanders. Lightning uh, just was dominant last night against the Islanders, 8-2. to You wonder if maybe that's because that series with the Flyers went longer than probably it should have. The Islanders could have finished that earlier on, said they let it get to a game seven, so maybe they're a little tired there. Um, Tampa's clearly better, but still, I think you, you get a better performance on the Islanders. They weren't exhausted. Um, that series will pick up tomorrow, game two. As again, Tampa leads that series one game to nothing. Game two tomorrow on the NBC Sports Network. Uh, game three of the Golden Knights Star Series will be Thursday night on the NBC Sports Network. So the NHL play has been very, very good. If you haven't tuned in, please do. Uh, there was some st- a lot of stuff that went out at the U.S. Open real quick. Again, the, the Djokovic stuff, which is crazy. Um, very unusual what happened there, um, but that's the rule. Um, you know, he hit the, the ju- line judge, even if it was by accident, he did it in a fit of rage. I mean, you got to learn to control yourself better. Um, so it was the right call, but boy, that was devastating for that tournament and for Djokovic, and um, just crazy what happened there. So, And then the PGA champion, uh, the tour championship the, uh, that took place um, in uh, golf. Um, you know, again, I feel bad for the PGA. You know, they finished their... I mean, granted, they finished their season. They got through the pandemic, and that credit to them. But it just wasn't eventful. Like, the, you know, you got guys like Dustin Johnson. Dustin, like those guys perform well, but, the, you know, you didn't have enough of the big guys that drive the needle beyond into the mainstream. But great performance by Dustin Johnson. A lot of guys, really, played well on the course in the, in the Tour Championship. But... Um, again, it's a very uneventful season. You really needed some of the other stars to step up, and they didn't. And that's why, you know, as other sports got going, the PGA kind of just fell by the wayside a little bit. But, you know, you still got the Masters and stuff, too. We're not Even though the season's over, um, you still got it. So, golf's not done, but it's a, a very odd setup here. But, you know, for the most part, they, they kind of got through their season. So... Kudos to them, but again, just kind of uneventful because of the, again the fact that you guys, the Tigers, the Rorys, the Phils, and that the guys that intermix with the dust, the, the just the Justin Thomases and that, um, you know, just weren't good, just weren't good enough. So, so that kind of drives the needle a little bit and gets people beyond just the diehard golf fans interested. And it didn't happen. And a lot of these tournaments weren't very good. So, um, just want to touch on a few of those things here. Um, so we have a lot of announcements to make. Um, I mentioned this in the social media today. Um, schedule has changed, obviously, obviously we're on the air tonight. Um, instead of tomorrow morning, there'll be no show tomorrow morning because we're on the air tonight. Um, now when's our next show? Well, that's something I left unannounced. So what's going to happen is this, because my schedule is very, very unfavorable, but we also, one of the things I've been teasing for a very, very long time is that we're going to be doing more content, Right. We've been, at, we've been doing the sports sprint for a year. We're doing entertainment. I started doing entertainment for one for a year. It's time to, to, to up our game. Um, so in the next two days, a lot's going to be happening. Um, and now people are going to say, well, why didn't you hype this up? Why didn't you announce this? Well, because I, I, I wanted to do it all in one fell swoop. And I also think, the, the, you know, the earlier you announce things, people forget. There's a lot going on in the world. So I felt like it was better to just do it kind of rip off the band-aid close to when things are actually going to happen. So that's what's going to, this week's a big week. Obviously, I mentioned earlier in the show, we didn't work to do too much football night. Why? Because football is going to dominate the rest of this week because obviously the NFL gets underway on Thursday. College football is also underway in some, in some, uh, in some places. 
nothing of, of note yet, but this weekend you get some of the big conference and big teams out there. Um, so we're going to start doing some more stuff for college football, some stuff, and obviously some stuff with the NFL. But what are we going to be doing with the NFL? Well, for those of you that listen to my old podcast, In the Spotlight, or In the Spotlight 401, we used to do an NFL show called The Gridiron Grind, um, which was a very big success for us. We are going to do an NFL show. Um, obviously, we will still talk football on this show, but this will be its own vehicle. So, now this one, the first episode, sometimes these shows will be taped ahead and I'll just post them. Sometimes they'll be live. I'll always note to you all when they're live and when they're, they're you know, and when they're not. You'll see live. If, it's not, if it doesn't say live, that means it was taped. Um, the first show is going to be taped. I'm going to do it tomorrow night, uh, recorded tomorrow night. Um, just because of timing, my schedule this week, like I said, it's not very favorable. Um, so we're introducing a new show. That new show is the Sports Sprint NFL Kickoff. We will have, this show will debut, um, and we, and will be posted Thursday before the first game of the season between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Like I said, I will record this tomorrow night and we will post it Thursday. This show now, obviously, the first show will just will probably be shorter, and we'll be focused on the first game, the Chiefs and the Texans. We will have, and and from that point forward, we will have NFL kickoff shows every week. So, every Sunday. All right. Now, again, the majority will probably be recorded ahead, and then just be posted probably Sunday morning, um, right before all the big swipe of game starts, um. Now, you know, there be times during the season, like on Thanksgiving Day, that we decide to do a separate one, or Thanksgiving night we decide to do a separate or like later in the season when the holidays, like during Christmas times, they do the NFL plays on Saturdays. Obviously, during the playoffs, they play on Saturdays, so we might decide to do them on those. You know, it, if, if things change, if the schedule changes, and we decide to do more than just one a week, we'll obviously let you know. But you'll, you'll guarantee, we'll guarantee you at least one a week. All right, so the NFL kickoff shows will start Thursday. Again, I'll be recording this tomorrow night, and then we'll, just, we'll let you know when it's posted, and then you can all tune into it. Um, one of the things you're going to be noticing more is going to be, we're going to be uh, recording more shows ahead because I want to give you all more content, but unfortunately, I can't do it all live. So because of that, we're going to have to find other ways to do it, which means recording ahead. So that's what you know. That so the NFL kickoff is kind of the first thing that we're doing with that. In addition to that, um, we're going to be offering more pre- and post-game coverage for special events, special games. Um, you know, so as we enter the NBA, you know, conference semifinals, maybe the NBA Finals, the NHL Finals, you know, the you know baseball playoffs. You know, later on, maybe the football playoffs. You know, we'll talk about NFL kickoff, and maybe we'll also offer some post-game stuff too, and maybe some individual pre-game stuff or in-game stuff. One of the things you're going to start seeing a lot of, and we want you all to start participating more on our social media, our Facebook, our Twitter. We're going to be giving you more live instant reactions. In fact, we'll probably start this on Thursday with the NFL. Um, we'll, we'll probably be using Facebook for this. So make sure you head to our Facebook page, uh, search for the sports print on Facebook, and you'll find it. And subscribe and follow us so you can get updates on this. Um, we're going to be offering instant reaction. Now, these videos can range anywhere from a few minutes to maybe even 10, 15 minutes or longer. Um, depends on the content, how much we have to talk about. 
because I, I speak again, we're going to continue to do sports sprint shows. We are, okay? But um, one of the things, you know, sometimes we don't do a show till fr- we don't do shows every day. Sometimes we don't, you know, if something happens on a, on a Wednesday, we don't do a show till Friday. By that point, it's already been talked about ad nauseum. This is a way for us um, to give our, you know, to give you some content right away. To give you immediate reactions to things, you know, in the moment. Even during games. Even during half times. So, you know, it's going to kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, we might do it before a game. Sometimes we do it after a game. Sometimes we do it before and after a game, depending on the significance of the event. Maybe even during halftime. We're going to try to offer you as much content as we can. Um, you know, if it's a week that maybe we don't have a lot of shows, I might choose to do a lot of these. Just to kind of give you all, you know, we some kind of content. Um, so, it's hard to explain right now, but as we go along, you're going to hear, you're going to see more of this, and you'll get the idea of what we're trying to do. Um, and again, some of these might be not just focused on one game. Sometimes you might say, you know what, let's do a, a full, like, post-game of the day's games. Like, in the NFL, like, at the end of a, sun, a Sunday, we might decide, even we're doing kickoff, maybe we'll do post and look back at the whole day as a whole. Now, that, the only thing I don't like about that is that that seems counterproductive to our normal shows where we'd like to talk about this stuff. So, you know, we'll have to weigh that and see. We'll kind of play it by ear and see how everything unfolds. You know, right now, I think we might be more willing to do that than I normally would because there's so much other stuff going on. NBA, MLB. So maybe that's something that we look to do over at least the next two months with all these other sports going on so we don't, you know, lose the focus of those other sports on those other sports. Maybe we give a show to the NFL so that we can kind of separate that and and give the other time on our normal show to the other sports that are going on. So, you know, we'll, again, play it by ear. And anything that we decide to do, we'll announce to you both on this show and through social media so you all know what's going on. But there's going to be a lot going on, a lot more content. So, And a lot of it's going to be on Facebook just to drive more people to our social media. Um, and we'll post links on Twitter as well and get more people invested, more people listening and watching. And um, I think it's going to make it a lot of fun. And then while you guys are, and girls out there are watching the games, you're going to get live feedback from me and anybody else that joins me because we're going to be trying, we're going to be casting a wide net. We're going to be looking for more co-hosts, more personalities, more people involved. We're going to be looking to have more fun. Um, because, it, 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 again, I know a lot of people out there like listening to me, but at the same time, I think it gets boring after a while. So I'm going to be trying to get more people involved and make things more interesting. So look out for that. So we have a new show in the NFL kickoff. There might be more than just the NFL kickoff. We might do an NFL post show. Um, we're going to have a couple of interesting shows per each sport. Um, like I said, if we decide to do pre and post for NBA game, NBA finals games and stuff like that, MLB playoff games and stuff like that. Um, look out for all that. That could be coming up over the next couple of days. Um, some of that stuff, I is why I'm not formally announcing it yet because we're still formalizing a few things, how much we want to do, how much we have time to do. We want to see how this stuff works first initially. And if it works out well, we might look to do expand upon it in other forms and in other sports. Um, and then again, the Insta reactions, you'll see, they'll say sports sprint, Insta reactions or rapid reactions, and then tell you the event like NBA Eastern conference semifinals game five. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll tell you what that, 
particular one is about. And then sometimes you might even, it might not even be about a game. It might be about a particular topic that I think we just need to get, you know, I might want to do a rapid reaction for right then and there. Especially during, like, trade deadlines and stuff. If we, instead of waiting to our next show, maybe I give you guys, everybody out there, an instant reaction and then dive further into it when we have our next show, our normal show. So, um, so again, a lot to be unpacked there, but we're going to have an NFL kickoff show. We're going to have instant reactions to various different things in regards to sports. Um, we're going to talk, we might be, do, we're going to be doing some pre and post shows for all sports, but starting mostly with the NFL, again, the NFL kickoff shows, the pre-show, we might do some post shows too. We'll let you all know if we decide to do that again, everything based on how everything's going to work out here. So that's a lot here. That's a lot more content. You know, we'll talk about Facebook, a lot of things. So make sure that you follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and pay attention during our shows because we're going to have a lot more to announce and a lot more content coming at you. And every day, we're going to be throwing something new at you, I think, um, to keep you all invested and engaged. Um, and then hopefully involve you more, too, um, and get more people listening and whatnot. And then, in addition to this, lastly, starting on Thursday, and this is one of the reasons why we need more content. The Sports Sprint, and therefore also the Sports Sprint side of the ring, since they're the same show, just one's more wrestling-focused, will be getting its own app that will be available in the app stores, anywhere else that you can get apps. Um, we will unveil it on Thursday. Um, and it will... The first thing you'll see on there will be our NFL kickoff show. We will work on adding other things as well. Um, old shows, all that kind of stuff. In fact, most of them might even be on there when we start. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, yeah. So we'll debut that with the NFL kickoff show on Thursday. So we're very excited about that. That's another way for you all to listen to us and make us more accessible to you. So that's huge for us. And I know a lot of people have been asking if we're going to do an app, and we are. Now, Now I mentioned that for the Sportsman, Sportsman side. What about our sister show, the Entertainment 411, which comes back a week from Thursday? I haven't decided what's going to happen with that yet. I, 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 I can't do an app for both. We don't do enough entertainment for one. I don't think it's worth doing a separate app. We only do it what, once a week. And, some, and a lot of times we don't even do one once a week lately. So um, I'm going to think about how I'm going to do that. And once I make a decision on that and how that's all going to work. Because I'd, like I'd like to help promote that more too. we got a lot of different things coming up for that. And we'll make some announcements in regards to that next week. Um, I'd like to, you know help enhance that a little bit, but I haven't, I, I'm still working on some final decisions there, so when we, we, we know more about that, we'll let you all know, um, but right now, you won't, you know, that's not something that has to factor into things right now, just looking at the sports sprint right now, so, all right, so that's a lot, I get it, um, so again, pay special attention during our normal shows, pay special attention on social media, we're going to be, again, all these announcements will be posted on social media over the next day or two. Um, our next show after tonight, uh, again, will be, will, it will be an NFL kickoff show that we'll be recording ahead of time tomorrow night. We'll be posting it Thursday, right before the NFL opening night game between the Chiefs and the Texans. Beyond that, there might be an NFL post show on Thursday, but I tend to think it might be more of an instant reaction. We might decide to debut the instant reactions with that. Um, if anything, we'll do an NFL post show on, on Sunday. Um, but we'll see. Um, now, are we going to do any other shows this week? 
beyond just the NFL kickoff. Yes, we are. Um, we will have a sports sprint show for Friday. It will not be live. Um, at least uh, unless something changes. I think right now what I'm probably going to end up doing is just recording it ahead of time Thursday night and posting it Friday morning, just like the NFL kickoff. Um, just because I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to finish showing live on Friday morning. This will all change next week. We'll be able to fit shows in again. But for this week, I think that's the way I'm going to have to play. If anything changes, I'll let you all know. So the rest of this week, other than the instant reactions that we're going to start posting, um, nothing else should be live. I think everything else will be pre-recorded. Unless we do a live post show on Thursday night. But I'll let you all know about that if that happens um, after the NFL uh, on Thursday night. So... So that's a lot. Again, I'll iron this all out, and I'll post this all on our social media on Facebook and Twitter so you all have a place to look back at this and know what's going on because I know this is a lot to say at the end of a show, especially this late. Um, so just look on our Facebook and Twitter, and you'll see all these announcements and everything so you can keep up to date on what's going on with everything. So very exciting times for us, and we're looking forward to it. So hope you'll join us for all of it and engage with all of it and watch and listen to all of it because it's very exciting and it's going to be a very exciting fall, and in a year where so much has happened, you know, we're, we're going to be aggressive here and ambitious and try to expand our brand and do some cool things. So, hopefully you'll stick with us and enjoy everything we have to offer. With that being said, I'm losing my voice. It's late. We're already past midnight. Time to close things out here on this formerly Tuesday, now early Wednesday morning. Uh, just because the show is over does not mean you have to stop interacting and contributing to the show. Continue to have your voice heard. Send us your questions, comments, um, feedback, all that you can send to us by email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at thesportsprint at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Sports Sprint and find us on Facebook. Just search for the Sports Sprint on Facebook and make sure you like our fan page. So you can interact with us be able to keep up with what's going on with the show at all times. Especially now, it's so much going on, so many announcements. Again, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We will recap all these announcements, all this information for you so that if you're lost and confused, it will be all ironed out there for you so you can read through it and it should give you a better idea because I know this is a lot to throw at everybody right here on the air. So, um, again, no show tomorrow morning. We will record an NFL kickoff show tomorrow night, which we will post right before the Chiefs-Texans game Thursday night. So that will technically be our next show. Look out. Uh, on our Facebook and Twitter for any updates on anything we add, any instant reaction. There probably will be an instant reaction, rapid reaction to the Thursday night game on on Thursday night. Um, so look to our Facebook Live for that because um, that's probably what it will be. Um, and again, there will be a Friday show. We will record it Thursday night and probably post it around 10, 10.30 or so, probably 10 Friday morning. All right, so that's what's going on the rest of this week. Beyond this week, we'll let you all know about next week, um, later on in the week, because we're still ironing out some details with that. I know a lot of this is uncertain, and it makes things confusing, but it's the best we can do right now with so much going on and, and so much changing. Once we get into next week, things will get back to normal, and we'll be back on a, more of a set schedule. So, all right, with that being said, folks, we are done. Remember, no show tomorrow morning. Next show will be the NFL kickoff show, which we'll be recording tomorrow night and posting Thursday night before the Chiefs-Texans game, so look out for that. Stay tuned to our Facebook and Twitter for the latest information and all these announcements. It'll help you all understand what's coming up the rest of this week and beyond. So stay tuned on our social media, please. And again, enjoy the rest of your night. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again 
Thursday night NFL kickoff show debut. And watch out for our app as well. Have a good night, everybody. Talk to you soon. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.